Hello again, my name is Dwayne Spearman and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. I also serve churches in the areas of pulpit supply, conferences, retreats, and revivals as the Lord provides opportunity. If I can be of service to you or your ministry, I would love to hear from you. Uh, let's go ahead and open up our Bibles today to Jude. And we are going to take a look at verse, verses 5 through 7. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. We've been talking about these two verses for the past couple of days. God is giving examples from time past and how he has dealt with disobedience, how he has dealt with those who have not listened to him, obeyed his voice. And bear in mind, the theme of Jude is false teachers, heretics that had crept in the church and were sowing false doctrine. And of course, these are godly men that are marked out from condemnation. And now he is giving us three examples of how God has dealt with disobedience in time past. First, he dealt with the children of Israel, how that they came out of Egypt with a high hand. They plundered the Egyptians, and yet everyone over the age of 20 died in the wilderness because of disobedience. And then he spoke of the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. And again, there are some who see this as the godly line of Seth uh, intermarrying uh, with the with the godless line, but I think it's referring to Genesis 6 and the angels that looked upon the daughters of men and took all whom they chose and, angel, and giants were born unto them in the land. And these are the same angels that are reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day mentioned in the book of Revelation when the angel of the bottomless pit opens up the locust upon the earth. Now, um, yeah, either way, the point is that these angels disobeyed God and God brought judgment upon them. Or if you take the other route, uh, the descendants of Seth disobeyed God and God brought judgment upon them. Again, I don't lean toward that particular one. I It says angels there, so I think I'm going to go with that. <clears throat> and then in verse number 7, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner. What do you mean in like manner? They disobeyed. Uh, they did something that displeased God, giving themselves over to fornication. Uh, fornication <clears throat> is uh, marriage outside of, uh, or sex outside of marriage. So if you're a young person and you're not married and you're having sexual relationships with your, quote, significant other, um, you are a fornicator, according to scripture. Adultery is sex outside of the marriage bond that's committed by a married person. But these guys were committing fornication, sex outside of marriage, going after strange flesh, and are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So what is he talking about here? He is showing us how God is going, has dealt in time past with the disobedience of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, who had given themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. Well, for context, we need to read the text. In Genesis chapter number 19, we pick up the story. 
Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Now, you remember Lot. He is the nephew of Abraham. And he looked up as he lifted his eyes toward the plain, and Abraham said, If you go that way, I'll go this way, and if you go this way, I'll go that way. And Lot chose the cities of the plain, looking toward as you go to Sodom. And so Lot, seeing them, these angels coming into the gate, Lot had obviously already risen into power. Uh, he at first pitched his tents towards Sodom, then he moved into Sodom, and now he's apparently a very important man in Sodom uh, because he is actually sitting in the gates greeting the visitors. And he rose up and, to meet them, and he bowed himself, bowed his face toward the ground. So obviously, Lot perceived that there was something special about these men. And he said, Behold now, my lords. He addressed them very respectfully. Turn in. I pray you unto your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and we shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, nay, but we will abide in the street all night. So Lot uh, offers them a place to stay. You can come in, you can stay in my home and tarry all night and I'll have one of my servants wash your feet and you can get up early in the morning and go on your way. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to stay in the street all night. And he pressed them greatly, and they turned into him and entered his house, and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. I find it interesting that these angels insisted on staying in the streets initially, and Lot pressed them greatly. In other words, Lot knew full well that it would not be safe for these angels to stay in the street overnight. Now bear in mind, these angels didn't have halos and wings. They had taken on the form of a man. And he knew the sin of this city. He knew the homosexuality and the violence of Sodom. And he knew that they would not be safe if they stayed in the street. And the angels knew that too. Uh, which I find Lot at this point probably experienced a little bit of conviction. Asking himself why he was there in the first place. But they turned into him. I think the point was made. He entered, they entered in his house and he made them a feast. And he baked unleavened bread and they did eat. But before they even lay down, the men of the city, the ones that he was afraid would mess with them if they stayed in the street, uh, they came, they compassed the house round, they surrounded the home, both old and young, all the people from every corner. So the men, these homosexual men, surrounded the home, and they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out to us that we may know them. I have seen this verse of scripture twisted so often in my years in ministry. Um, that verse is speaking very specifically uh, in regards to they wanted to commit homosexual acts on these, these people. You see, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah had chosen to shake their fist in God's face and live lives of sexual immorality and perversion. Their most blatant sin was that of homosexuality, or what for many years was referred to as sodomy. Sodomy is actually where we get the name, uh, or the city of Sodom is where we actually get the name sodomy today. If you look that word up in the dictionary, the word refers to copulation with a member of the same sex. Uh, for years, states in, the, in America, I believe Texas was the last to remove sodomy laws from their books. 
You know, many of the liberal has argued that God did not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for homosexuality, but instead for a lack of hospitality because they did not offer the angels who visited them a place to to stay. So, they would have us to believe that God wiped out entire cities because they were inhospitable. I don't think so, my friend. Genesis chapter 13, verse 13 says, And the men of Sodom were wicked. They were sinners before the Lord exceedingly. That sounds like a whole lot more than just not being nice. When they said, bring them out that we may know them in verse number five, they were saying, we want to have intercourse with them. We want to sodomize them. Um, uh, Even when you read in the book of Genesis, when it speaks of of, uh, Adam and Eve, um, you know, it says that they knew one another. That refers to an act of intimacy. It refers to the act of sex. You know, what does the Bible say about homosexuality anyway? Um, the Bible has a lot to say about it, my friend. You would, you would think that the Bible was quiet on this subject by, based on the ways that uh, you even drive by churches today and they got little rainbow flags out front and they have little slogans, how God forgives and God accepts. You know what? God does love you. God does love you, but God does not love you sin. And homosexuality, my friend, is a sin. And it doesn't matter what the world around us tells us. It is a sin. And the Bible has much to say about this specific sin. I've had people tell me, well, the Bible's pretty silent on this issue. Is it? Leviticus chapter 18, verse number 20, 22. Thou shalt not lie with a man as with a woman. It is an abomination. Leviticus 20 and verse number 13. If a man also lie with a man as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood will be on them. The sin of homosexuality is the sin of sexual affection for a member of the same sex. Again, the act of sex between two males is called sodomy. And the Bible is replete from Genesis to Revelation speaking about this sin. And understand something, God loves the sinner, but God despises the sin. There's no way around it. God despises homosexuality. God despises all sexual sins, including adultery, including fornication, including bestiality, including incest. And yet our churches are full of fornicators and adulterers, and now they're being filled with homosexuals. It's just that the homosexuals are not wanting us to call out their sin and they're wanting us to sweep their sin under the carpet and make it acceptable. It's not. It's not acceptable. Just like fornication and adultery is not acceptable. Uh, And it doesn't matter what man says, let God be true and every man a liar. 1 Kings chapter 14, verse number 24, And there were also sodomites in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Deuteronomy 23, 17, There shall no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. 1 Kings 15, 12, And he took away the sodomites out of the land. 1 Kings 22, 46, And the remnant of the sodomites which remained in the days of his father Asa took out of the land. Second Kings twenty three seven, and he break down the houses of the Sodomites uh, 
that were by the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the, gro- for the groves. And 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10, Or do you not know that unrighteousness, or the unrighteous, will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither be sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. Uh, Sometimes the King James Bible calls them effeminates. In other words, they're men who behave like women. Nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkard, nor the reviler, nor the swindler will inherit the kingdom of God. I think the Bible's pretty clear about how God feels about this sin. You know, today we live in a time of political correctness where everybody wants to be told that their sins are okay. They're not. So whether you're practicing thievery or covetousness or false witness or adultery or fornication or homosexuality, it's sin and it needs to be confessed. It needs to be repented. It needs to be forgiven. And we can say that they're okay all we want to. We can justify cultural relevancy all we want to. But God changeth not. He is the same yesterday, today, and always. Uh, It was sin then, and it's sin now. And it is why God destroyed the children of Sodom, uh, as well as the children of of Gomorrah and the cities of the plain. It is why God brought judgment upon them. Make no mistake about that. Listen, folks, remember that God loves you. He does want the best for you, and he is working all things out for your good, no matter what it looks like around us. God is in charge, and one day his will will be done upon the earth as it is already being done in heaven. God bless you.